she really was just an amazing nurse and an amazing person. listening to the Stories Behind the Stars podcast. My name is Tatiana Fallon and I'm your host. This podcast is run by the organization Stories Behind the Stars. This has nothing to do with Hollywood. We are telling the stories behind the stars that were given in World War II. For those of you who are not familiar, during World War II, when a service member was killed, the family received a banner with a gold star on it. We are telling the stories behind these stars. Our goal is to put them all 400,000 into a common database, which then we will build a smartphone app that will be searchable from any location where you can read the story behind the star and you can really come to know the individual that died on D-Day and fought for our freedoms or the individual who was doing their job on the home front and died in a plane crash. This podcast is dedicated to telling those stories as we find them, as our researchers are doing this amazing research. You'll hear from researchers who are all volunteers from all across the country, and you'll hear their story, what brought them to the project, and then also the stories that they're finding. This is amazing content, and I really hope you enjoy this adventure. In today's episode, we have the opportunity to hear from Lee Snyder. She's one of our volunteers here at Stories Behind the Stars, whose personal project is to highlight the women who were killed in World War II. She's doing amazing research and has some great content. So excited to hear about it today. I uncovered the most amazing story this week when I was doing research for Stories Behind the Stars about a army nurse named Frances Y. Slanger. The interesting part of her story is when she was in her tent near the front lines one night, everybody's asleep and she couldn't sleep. And she decided to write a letter to Stars and Stripes about what it was like for nurses to be at the front line. So she got out her pen and she laid on her cot and she wrote a letter to the editor of Stars and Stripes. And she put it in the mail. And 17 days later, Stars and Stripes decided to publish her letter to the editor because the editors did not know that after she put it in the mailbox, she was hit by a a German bomb and died. So her words um, really were, you know, like coming, coming from the grave. Well, her letter was so fabulous that um, newspapers all across America picked up her letter and used it in their newspapers. And I'm talking about everywhere from Nebraska to Kansas to California to New York. And her letter was so, became so famous that um, years later, decades later, uh, newspapers would pick it up and run it on Memorial Weekend to to, uh, tell some of the story of World War II. And then there's actually a war memorial that inscribed her letter into the memorial. And I was just amazed that these women exist that I have never heard of. So let me let me share what her letter was about. And then um, I'll be able to tell you a little bit about Francis and how how she came to be in the war. But she the night she laid in her tent, she wrote to the editor of Stars and Stripes. 
It's 2 a.m. and I've been lying awake for one hour listening to the steady breathing of three nurses in my tent. I've been thinking about some of the things we discussed during the day. The rains are beating down on the tent room with torrential force. The winds are on a mad rampage and their main objective seems to be to lift the tent off of its poles and fling it around our heads. The fire is burning low. There's just a few live coals left in the bottom, but with the slow feeding of wood, and finally, the coal will come alive and be roaring again. I couldn't help thinking how a human being is like a fire. If it is not allowed to run too low and there's a spark of life left in it, it can be nursed back. So a human being can come back. It's slow, it's gradual, but it is done all the time in these field hospitals and in hospitals in the European theater. Today, we were reading several articles in different magazines and paperbacks sent by grateful GIs to nurses for their work in the combat zones. They were praising us. For what? Lieutenant Bowler is sleeping with one eye open. I whisper to her, Lieutenant Powers and Lieutenant Cox slumber on fine nurses, great girls to live with. And of course, like all families, there's an occasional quarrel, but they're quickly forgotten. I'm writing this by flashlight. In the light, the tent looks like a dive. In the center are two poles. Kindling wood lies in disordered confusion on the damp ground. We don't have a tarpaulin on the ground. There's a French water pitcher, pitcher filled with water standing by. The GIs say that the nurses are roughing it. We in our little tent can't see it that way. True, we live in tents and sleep on cots and are subjected to all types of weather but then who isn't restricted? We have a stove, we have coal, we even have a laundry line in our tent. Our GI drawers at this moment are doing a dance on the line. With the wind howling through the tent, rain beating down, guns firing, and me riding by flashlight, it all adds up to a feeling of unreality. Sure, we rough it, but in comparison to the way the men take it, we can't complain, nor do we feel any bouquets or do us. But to you men behind the guns, driving the tanks, flying the planes, sailing the ships, building the bridges, and to the men who are left behind, it's to you we doff our helmets. To every GI wearing an American uniform, for you we have the greatest admiration and respect. Yes, this time we're handing out the bouquets after taking care of you and your buddies, seeing you brought in, bloody and dirty, caked with earth and mud and grime. Most of you are so tired. Somebody's brother, somebody's father, somebody's son. And seeing you gradually brought back to life and consciousness, seeing lips part in a grin when they first welcome you, hurt as you are, you usually kid. It doesn't amaze us anymore to hear, how you, babe? Holy mackerel, an American woman or even the indiscreet say, how about a kiss? Such soldiers stay with us a short time, 10 days or two weeks, but we have learned a great deal about the American soldier and what he is made of. That's the letter that she posted right before she a German bomb hit the hospital. The hospital had not dug any um, foxholes because it was believed that it was outside of the line of danger. So when bombs began to rain down, there was no place to go for cover. 
it's reported that when she took shrapnel to the stomach and it tore open her stomach, that she still, as she laid there, was more concerned about the fellow nurses and the other patients who were wounded and that they were getting care than she was to of herself. Um, Frances uh, was born in Poland. She's of uh, Jewish ancestry. Her family witnessed the horrors of World War I, and after that led to their immigration to the United States. She grew up um, with her dad as a fruit peddler. She helped him uh, sell his fruit when she was a child. Um, they couldn't afford college. She ended up uh, working her way through uh, a hospital nursing school in Boston that it doesn't exist anymore, for nurses to join the army, she really wanted to go overseas because she wanted to go back and help the people that she came, where she came from. And they took her enlistment. However, they kept her stateside because she had really poor eyesight. She kept begging and pleading and begging and pleading her case to please be allowed to go overseas. And finally, they relented or else they decided they needed nurses so badly that they didn't care um, that her eyesight wasn't perfect. But she was a lovely person. She wrote poetry, she wrote stories, and the um, Boston University in their library archives has a whole collection of things that she wrote and her medals from the war and um, she really was just an amazing nurse and an amazing person. Wow, that was awesome. Wow. How do people, like, how do we not have stories? Like, how come there's not, like, a Hollywood video about her? Like, honestly, that would be such a cool video. You know what I mean? Yeah, there, um, so apparently somebody else felt the same way and, um, there is a book and it's rather, I'm going to see what year this book is. Um, 2005, uh, a book was published called American Nightingale, the story of Frances Slanger, the forgotten heroine of Normandy. So not totally forgotten, but I think her story is, is amazing. I mean, it's the American story of coming from nothing, the, the immigrant story and a story of great, great heart. And she does have, I mean, she does, even though we didn't know about her, I find it amazing that there's so many things on her. She's got a profile at the National Museum of American Jewish Military History. She has a profile in the Army history, which I'm sure they couldn't profile everybody. So that's pretty interesting. Wow. I think the cool thing about that for me is that, you know, she, she, her family lived through World War II. They went to America. She didn't have to go back and fight in Europe. Like, you know, say I had already gone through that. So I think to have her go back, I think it says a lot about her desire for others to have, to, you know, be free. Yes, very much so. Wow. Thank you for listening to the Stories Behind the Stars podcast. Do us a huge favor and find us on whatever 
podcast platform you listen to and follow us so you'll be the first to be know when we have a new episode out. Thank you. <laughs>